What is not written is not said. What is not written remains undone. Some things can be risked leaving to memory and others simply must be noted. These are referred to as noteworthy things. When you encounter the noteworthy that is backed by and based on the word of God, you have met the noteworthy. Welcome to the noteworthy with Teddy Podcast, brought to you by Reverend Teddy A. Jones. Get your mind in gear and your willpower engaged. The revolution begins now. Here is today's episode. Shalom Alekel. Recent news out of Ukraine included an allegation that Russia had seized a massive quantity of grain from Ukraine and was now selling that grain to multiple nations. Ukraine first accused Russia of stealing hundreds of thousands of tons of grain in April, contributing to global food shortages mostly caused by the estimated 20 million tons of grain stuck in Ukraine due to Russian blockades. The world scrambles for solutions to the food crisis caused by the war. Given what is already present and what may be on the horizon, I am compelled to ask what does the term community of faith mean in such times? To help answer that question, I suggest that we reflect on two passages of scripture. Acts chapter 6 verses 1 to 7 and 2 Corinthians 8 verses 1 to 5. We look at the Acts passage today. Acts 6. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. That's verse 4, the word of the Lord. From this passage in Acts and one from Corinthian that we will explore subsequently, I want us to consider three levels of response that ought to arise from the faith community in times of shortage. I am arguing that these responses define the faith community and even assess the authenticity of the faith community. I want to propose that we explore the response of the leadership of the faith community, the response of the members of the faith community, and the results of the response of the faith community. Let's start by exploring the response of the leadership of the faith community in times of crisis. The faith community is intended to be a space 
where people share common faith in God and in each other, thus experiencing genuine solidarity, fraternity, and equality. From observation, though, the so-called faith communities around demonstrate widespread disbelief and schisms and isms that are perhaps best described as a mere religious group as opposed to a faith community. This is incredibly sad. The current realities behoove us to look again at the word of God to guide the ship back to its intended culture of care and love. When the dust settles, history will be very unkind to us if we fail to rein in this bolted horse. The record of the actions of the leadership of the early church in Acts 6 takes for granted that we know and appreciate the value that the scripture places on the care of the most vulnerable of the society. We are told there in a matter-of-fact tone that the leadership of the church was, as a matter of course, directly involved in the feeding of the widows among them. Now, this is no light matter, for a major theme of the Old Testament, from the Torah to the poets to the prophets, especially the prophets, was the inextricable link between the manifestation of the core twin characters, holiness and love, which define Yahweh and the care of the vulnerable. The often used descriptor was widows, orphans, and strangers among you. This text describes the establishment, first establishment, that is, of deacons in the New Testament. I'm using it here to make the point that the leaders of the faith community did not remain aloof nor apathetic to the shortage of resources available to the most vulnerable among them. They were personally vested in it. The text tells us that this was done on a daily basis, not a bi-weekly or monthly or one-off pantry drive. Daily. Now, it would be foolish of any reader of the text to take their statement in verses 2 to 4 as any indication that they considered the serving of tables to have suddenly become beneath them or somehow less spiritual than preaching and praying. It is only those who are under siege from the ego and human pride that could make such a claim. Sadly, though, some such persons are parading our pulpits and social media pulpits these days. Much to the contrary, the pillars of the faith community recognized this role as equally important, as equally spiritual, and determined that neither acts of shepherding must suffer at the expense of the other. We should see this directly from the text. Given the description of the persons that would be assigned this role, men 
known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. The one highlighted in the text, Stephen was said to be full of the spirit and faith. It stands to reason that the other six brothers would be likewise characterized. What do wisdom and faith and the fullness of the spirit of God have to do with feeding the vulnerable? Isn't that pushing it to an extreme? Absolutely not. This is making the point of how serious God takes this matter. Far too many church leaders consider such things as lowly tasks beneath their high office or as irrelevant or as something for some uneducated little church sister with nothing else to do to lead. Our text shoots down that hellish idea. Too many of the leaders of the faith community approach benevolence from a human standpoint rather than entering into it with the aid of the Holy Spirit, as is being suggested here. I think this is why it becomes very easy to reduce or cut the budget for it in favor of new furnishings for this sanctuary. It is precisely the absence of the Spirit, wisdom, and faith from the leadership's response to shortage of food and essentials by members and constituents in times of crisis that cause the needy to be treated and made to feel like a nuisance. Letters have to be written, committees have to be established, people talk ad nauseum, perpetually passing the book, perhaps in the hope that the ones begging will get tired of waiting and just go away. I cannot help but wonder to what extent the leadership of the faith community is sensitive to and agonizing in prayer and reliance on the Spirit of God for wisdom in responding to the looming crisis. Are we too busy enjoying being back in our buildings to care enough to see and to be able to respond in the spirit with wisdom and with faith. Is your house open to let strangers enter there? Thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast, Noteworthy with Teddy. This is Reverend Teddy A. Jones. You think about it, let's talk about it. I look forward to your questions and comments. Use the social media links provided here to connect with me. If it's noteworthy, then others need to hear. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. See you on the next episode, DV.